I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Dodgers have been the favorites to win the World Series. Today became the favorites to win the NL West. But Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer with a court victory, but he's still a long way to the mound to pitch again. We'll talk about it. Kurt Benkert. Why is that name important? Because Jordan Love is out. He's the third-string quarterback for the Packers. And the Jets are now favored. The Jets were dog. Now they're favored over Green Bay. Yes, Kurt Benkert. We got the Pats at Philly tonight. Steam on the Eagles. They were two-and-a-half-point dogs. Now it's pick them. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. I'm trying to perk up here. I'm a little under the weather, but luckily, A.J. Hoffman in studio, he can, he, you know something, if I if I if I did all the precautions you did, maybe I wouldn't feel under the weather. But somehow I think it's better to be under the weather than walk around with with like eight bottles of different colored fluid, drinking it like it's almost under prescription. No, no, no. Sports betters listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We told you a couple days ago, Jonas doesn't get sick. He's in L.A., Jonas Knox. <laughs> Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have got week two of the NFL preseason kicking off later on tonight and some news and notes from around the National Football League as the season approaches. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? Well, listen, a lot of people say, RJ, on, uh, in some ways it feels like you're a gambler. You, you know, Obviously, that's what you're known for, a gambler. But you seem so logical and conservative in some spots. I'm going to prove I'm a gambler because I'm going to let AJ talk about Trevor Bauer, the case with him talking about domestic abuse. You just never know what's going to happen. (laughs) So I'm taking a calculated risk, Jonas. Yeah. And it was earlier today. It was announced that a restraining order and an attempt at a restraining order against Trevor Bauer from his accuser has been thrown out, deeming he is not a threat to the victim. Uh, There is still a a case involving Trevor Bauer and an investigation going on. But as of right now, a win in court earlier today for Trevor Bauer and company. So, First thing I'll say before we throw it to AJ here is I think it's important to say that for a long time, I think it's fair to say that that women were not properly uh, protected, I think, by the court system. I mean, we're talking, I think uh, it was more egregious, you know, a long time ago or or a while back. So, you know, you always got to wonder is let's say that maybe – a case could be made. I'm not saying it could, but let's say that, hey, things have gone too far the other way. You know, sometimes that's the ebb and flow of things. So, AJ, let's kind of understand that in each individual case, we want justice. 
we have to also understand this is not done yet. This is a process that we're watching from the outside, but it does have a many tens of millions of dollars effect potentially on the Dodgers. So tread lightly, my friend. Okay, well, first of all, yeah, like you said, this is not over by any stretch. This is the first step, and this is really the first win Trevor Bauer has had in some time. Uh, them ruling against the request for a permanent restraining order. That doesn't mean that he's going to be fully cleared. It's just the first step in him being cleared. Well, first off, it's really not about him being cleared. It's going to be about is he convicted or not, right? Because, yeah. because like no one is ever found innocent. They're found not guilty, which is saying there's not enough proof that he did something. OJ was found not guilty, which I think is what complicates things, things like that. Well, here's the deal, and this is what makes it tough on like the the public perception versus what what reality is is, the, and the judge said herself today these injuries that are shown in these photographs are terrible, but she set limits. He did not exceed these limits, so I, I can't I can't punish this guy for for basically doing what she asked him to do. And, so, oh, go ahead. And that it puts everyone in a tricky spot because. From these photos, it looks like, oh, if Trevor Bauer did do what what happened to that woman's face in these photos, then obviously the the, the initial reaction is, well, Trevor Bauer's a bad guy. But what the judge is saying, this is what the woman basically requested to happen, and he did it and didn't do anything further. So Trevor Bauer's saying, well, I mean, if she says this is good, do this, what am I supposed to do? And But this, the public is still going to look at it and say, you don't do that. You don't do that with permission, without permission. You well, don't do I, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I, I mean, you're, you're speculating what the public's going to say. Don't we know what the public's saying? Jonas, what's your sense of what the public is saying on this case prior to today? Because today, um, you know, I think may sway things to some degree. But in general, what's been the public sentiment? I can tell you out here in Southern California, they're saying that he'll never pitch for the Dodgers again. Uh, that that, and I don't know what that means contractually, but that he's done. That he'll never pitch for the organization again, and that a lot of this is, yeah, the pictures and the details of the injuries are so brutal that regardless of what permission she gave him, I don't know that she gave him permission to give her a skull fracture, and that's what happened. And, and that's where I think people look at this and they can't get out of their mind the images similar to the Ray Rice video once we saw the video it changed the entire outlook of the of the incident and I think this is that case to where because of the pictures and the details of the pictures that's never going to leave anybody's mind or a lot of people's mind rather now see this is a fascinating story in the fall in my opinion in the following way and obviously there's a a, a grieved woman here and but we're going to look at it uh, from a distance that's the only way we can really is it's one thing to say, okay, in the court system for criminal trials, the threshold is beyond a reasonable doubt. So it clearly means if there's a 98% chance that someone did it, that they should not go to jail. Because to have two out of 100 people go to jail unfairly is just not acceptable. We'd rather, the old saying, 100 guilty people go free than one innocent person go to jail. Now, obviously, innocent people have gone to jail. But we try very hard as a society not to do that. Okay, so let's say O.J. being a good example. Most people believe O.J. did it, but O.J. was found not guilty. How does society respond to that? If you add in 
that even if he was found guilty, now murder, double murder is a different story because you're in jail for life almost certainly, but let's say someone's found guilty of uh, domestic abuse or some type of assault, they serve their time and then they leave jail. And the premise in this country again, and it's a great, great country to me, is you serve your time and it's behind you because you know why? Because if you don't, if you don't let the, the boot off their neck once they serve their time, then what do they have to lose? The scariest place on earth is death row. Why? Because those guys have nothing, and, and I guess some women have nothing to lose. So if you commit a crime in the rest of your life, you're a pariah, you're an outcast, then what are you going to do? You're going to do a lot of ra- radical you know, risky things to try to, what? I don't know. Make money? Redeem yourself? I don't know. So that's always an interesting debate. But now we add this other element in. And let's call it the Fifty Shades of Grey element because a lot of people are familiar with that movie. And though people in the kink community will say, oh, that movie's, you know, that's not what it really is. And just like poker players say, rounder's not what it really is. Probably true, you know, and I know it's true in Rounder's case, but it doesn't change the fact that Jonas, who I consider to be as even keeled, as level headed as any guy on radio, he's saying, Did you saw those pictures? Never gonna forget it. And, you know, it was interesting, Jonas, you said, um, even if she asked for it, it wasn't the, you know, cracker skull or whatever. Well, let's say this. Let's say I said, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, but let's say I said, throw me that baseball as hard as you can. I'm going to catch it with my hands. And, you know, we're out in the kegger, you know, you throw it really hard and boom, break my wrist. Now, I didn't intend to break my wrist. You didn't. But are you or did you break my wrist in that case? No. And, And again, I'm not an expert at this stuff, but it seems to me that. Uh, and maybe this is just the risks of being on the fringes of society, but I think a lot of people are not going to judge this the way my guess is people in that community would, because just from, again, somewhat of a distance, there's a lot of, you know, that you hear a fat shaming and different things is kink shaming is a very common concept amongst that, those, well, I guess there's different communities in which it's like, hey, don't judge. That's what I like. And you know what? I don't know where the right answer is on that, but I think, Jonas, you're right. Society is certainly not going to be judging Bauer from that perspective. And uh, man, it, it seems like the case could be made if it was totally consensual, that if it ended up being more damaged than or more hurt than was expected, that seems like, uh, I don't know. I mean, how would you look? I mean, like thinking of it that way, does that cause you to reevaluate? No, I mean, I, I've, I thought the same thing from the get-go. I don't believe that he intended to fracture her skull. I, I don't believe in any of that, is, or at least I would hope not, for, for God's sakes. But I just, I don't know how people reconcile what they saw on the pictures and the text messages. Because I, I think there's a block for some people where they say, yeah, but we know that she asked for some of this but still, even that, I, I just don't think people can, people think on those terms, or, or can, maybe can, are part can of you, can you can you like do you judge them? I, I mean, look, I I think also part of this 
is I don't know how well liked he was by his teammates to begin with. <laughs> and, like, and that's I mean, I don't I think he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I think because of the reputation going into this, I do think that's part of the story. And I do think that adds a little bit something more to how we evaluate him and what his future is, especially with the organization. That's Jonas Knox. We are straight out of Vegas. AJ, you're going to talk some financials here with the Dodgers. But let me ask you the same question. You personally, if somehow there was a scenario in a year, and let's say it turns out where he's exonerated, and somehow you hear, yeah, uh, Bauer's coming to Vegas. He wants to have dinner with you. What do you do? I mean, if he's exonerated, I, I, I guess it's it's hard for me to hold him to a higher standard than the courts can. I mean, I, I don't find Trevor Bauer to be a particularly likable guy to begin with. But I, I, if, if he's not guilty of this or, or not guilty of doing anything outside of what was asked of him by this woman, I don't know that I'm in any place to, to make him feel like he's a bad guy. Now, how do we reconcile? There's what, two other accusations? There are, but but they they haven't gotten to the level. There's people. There's other women who have come out and said they've had similar stories. They haven't gotten to the level yet of court cases. But similar stories that the end result of the kink was more damaged than they they. Uh, yes. Well, geez, now that starts to you got to wonder how many times in a row, yeah. or not not in a row necessarily, but how often are you? Is it going to get out of hand? The results and and him not like question like to me that acts if it was a one time thing. It seems a lot easier to say, you know, it was so unintentional. But if like the second and the third woman, and again, we're speaking from just the, you know, allegedly and the knowledge we have, if the second and third women say, well, he, the damage was too uh, more than expected with me too, boy, that seems to sway it the other way for me a little bit. Uh, final was, word, Jonas, on on the perceptions of all this. Well, there was a and also a report that came out over the weekend on Saturday in which the Washington Post had a story about a woman who claimed you know issues with Trevor Bauer and whatnot, and uh, Trevor Bauer hadn't been speaking on social media hadn't made any public comments whatsoever and he found that it was the time to stick up for himself so you know against the advisement of his counsel and and his legal team he went to social media and himself posted an entire chain of text messages back and forth to prove that the way this story was played out in the washington post was not the way that it seemed which look he may be right and maybe, you know, that woman was looking for something more and he's totally innocent of any wrongdoing there. But it still adds to all right, that that adds to the circus. And I just don't know that the Dodgers as an organization want to deal with this. And, and that's why financially it's going to it's probably going to hurt him significantly. But I just don't think he's back. All right. Yeah, so let's it, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll get into the financial side of this. We're taught it's not a million or two million. It's many, many tens of millions of dollars. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at the financial implications of the Trevor Bauer story. 
Yes, no matter what it is, we'll find a way to get to the dollars and cents of it. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Why? Because of you spreading the word. And we'll keep working extra hard to give you profitable and thought-provoking and funny, funny, funny shows. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. It's a cool 93 degrees. The neon is flowing freely. So, RJ, we were talking earlier about the Trevor Bauer story. A temporary restraining order has been thrown out against the Dodgers pitcher from his accuser. Thus, there is still more to this story. Obviously, it's still an investigation going on, but a win in court earlier today for Trevor Bauer and his company. And, AJ, you've got the financial side of it, uh, a pretty interesting angle on it. Yeah, Trevor Bauer in the offseason signed a three-year, $102 million contract. This season, $38 million of that came through. And if he doesn't play again for the Dodgers this year, which Jonas believes, I, I tend to believe as well, he will have made $2.2 million per start this year, $4.8 million per win. And if they eat the last $64 million over the next two years – those numbers jump to $6 million per start over the contract, $12.8 million per win over the life of the contract. That's not good business for the Dodgers. Now, the fact that he would get paid, it, and, and let's say seemingly no matter what, I don't know what the morals clause is or anything like that in the contract, but it seems like nowadays in these jumbo contracts, they're very player-friendly. And... Obviously, we got Deshaun Watson as an example. It doesn't seem like these leagues, AJ, or these teams are being any more gun-shy about giving these jumbo guaranteed deals. But now it seems like time and time again, if it's underperformance like Goff, Gurley, if it's Deshaun Watson with unexpected legal issues, man, but Watson's still getting paid, isn't he? Yeah, for now. As of now. So, I guess when you see Josh Allen get the contract at the earliest point he can and there's no discount for the Bills, it, it, it does strike me that, that the teams maybe should be a little more conservative. The, the things that don't happen very often, the things you have insurance for, happen more often than some people think. Well, and, and again, all of this is a moot point if he's somehow not – exonerated if he's found guilty of anything there there will there would be a morals clause come into play maybe they can veto void the rest of the contract this is all assuming that today's first step which was just the first step continues in in the right direction for trevor bauer and he is cleared i I think one of them here's the thing if it's a legal case i would listen pure speculation but if any judge is saying and and uh, as clearly as, hey, it looks like this was all okay, or at least based on uh, permission. I, the idea of it going the other is there even uh, is there even legal charges against him right now? There, there are legal charges still pending. Pe- but when you say pending, it means there's no charges. There's possibility of charges. Yes. Okay. So just like Deshaun Watson, right? There is no legal ca- or no criminal case against him. There are actually two now, or two or three two now. Two investigations up, up or two cases, whereas he has a court date. Uh, yes, two, 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 or two or three women have filed criminal charges against but him, so women, it's, it's but not see, underway women yet. can't file, or I'm sorry, no civilian can file criminal charges. 
The, the, yes. It's, it's only the police can file charges. Two, two, three women ha- have come forward to the police, and the police have opened up the investigation into criminal charges. So they're investigating the possibility yes. of it. Okay. I'm thinking about joining a gym. But you know what? It hasn't happened for a while. That's true. So what I'm going to say is I'm not saying that's a sign that he's not guilty, but I'm saying, you know, let's be clear here is the, the it's one threshold to say uh, and it is a threshold to say we are investigating, which means they think there's a possibility of wrongdoing. No doubt that's a threshold, but that's a low one compared to we're now going to file charges and bring them to court. Which means he could go to jail. I mean, uh, you go to court for criminal, you can go to jail. So now that's another bar. And then to get convicted is even another bar. So in both these cases, Watson and Bauer, they haven't even cleared the second bar, which would be files uh, or, or charges filed. Jonas, closing thoughts on this. Yeah, I just I, I'm curious to see what the Dodgers move is after this. If he's exonerated and nothing comes of it, um, they're going to have to swallow a lot of that contract. I don't even know if they can legally do that. I, I think AJ was pointing out to me uh, before the show that they could. It's just going to cost him a significant amount of money. But I think at this point, you know, some of the moves that they've made, some of the comments from teammates, I think they're ready to move on. I think that's that's the part that I'm, I'm curious to see how plays out and that's possible and i think when you when you really when you say a lot of money to put it in perspective that 64 million dollars they (laughs) would be eating is higher than this season's payroll of the marlins pirates orioles and indians that's a lot of money that the dodgers would be eating that's why i'm boycotting the pirates (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it, it's only a small thing I can do, but it's like I can't keep I, you know, I tell this story like once a year. Good buddy of mine back in Columbus, Matt is his name, and he's a huge Pirates fan. And about a couple years ago, I go, dude, you're the reason they don't ever win. He goes, what are you talking about? I go, the fact you still support them buy you know, uh, jerseys, whatever, batting gloves for your kid. They just keep thinking more the same, baby. Mott's more the same. If you boycotted them, they might say, you know something? We got to change our ways because Matt has boycotted us. I, I don't know. I blame him personally. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to boycott the Orioles then going forward. I'm with you. Uh, are you a Baltimore fan? No, but I'm boycotting them. But that means nothing. I'm, boycott- I'm also boycotting the gym. But you know what? All right, let's there's do no, it. There's no net difference. We are straight out of Vegas. But, Mackenzie, if we look at the Dodgers' odds, as troubling as this may be, not having all that money out there thrown on the mound, they're still the favorites to win the World Series and now the West. Yes, after they picked up a win, they picked up a game against the Giants yesterday. They're now minus 125, slight favorites in the West. They maintain the World Series lead. They are plus 340 to win it all. So the, a team that is three games behind is favored to win it all. Now, that is a loaded team. That's a team that can take, a, what was it, the 2020 Cy Young winner? And that's right. Just shrugging. Oh, that's no big deal. <laughs> Pirates would have a parade every time he pitched. (laughs) All right, we're straight out of Vegas. Let's shift to the NFL. And I find this Green Bay story with Jordan Love really troubling, Jonas. Yeah, and it was announced uh, earlier today, according to Matt LaFleur, the head coach, Jordan Love, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, expected to be the starter throughout most throughout all of the preseason with Aaron Rodgers not expected to play, is going to be out for this weekend's game. There's... A tendency whenever a player is new in 
at the professional level if he gets hurt to say he's injury prone. And you know what? Statistically, there's much more of a chance he is than if he hadn't been hurt. But everyone that gets hurt early is an injury prone. Sometimes it's just random and you got an injury. But sometimes it is, the injury prone people are tending to get hurt too. So we don't know yet with Jordan Love, but what we know is that he's not Brett Favre. He's not Peyton Manning. You know, those are guys that went de- a decade plus without missing a game. He played how many snaps, McKenzie, in the preseason game? He had 18 dropbacks. He dropped back eight. Maybe he got hurt handing the ball off. But on the 18 <laughs> dropbacks, he's already missing a game? I mean, that is not – forgetting how he's playing, AJ, that to me is really bad news if you're a Packer fan. Yeah, although, listen, I think the Packers, the, the plan for regular season remains the same. I, I'm sure yeah, that but, they'd whoa, love whoa, to whoa. have – Whoa, yeah, for this regular season – <laughs> and and next year, the plan is to have another starter. That was the deal that they made to get him to come in. And the guy that you made Aaron Rodgers mad over can't play more than one game without getting hurt. It's a big deal. Yeah, that's deal. not ideal. Not ideal at all. But hey, maybe Kirk Binkert's the quarterback of the future. Hey, he if he anyone that can make the Jets a favorite, you got to be very skeptical. <laughs> of. I, I thought it was I thought it was ironic that the the news comes out today that Carl Lawson, the Jets' biggest free agent signing, blows his Achilles out. The Jets line, it's like, let's pump money in on the Jets. Let's get this money. That's how, that's how bad the drop-off is, apparently, from Jordan Love. That's why it was smart that Houston is taking a chance on Mills. You need a quarterback. Jonas, <laughs> what's your thoughts on Jordan Love? I, I just think that this was the real opportunity for the Packers front office and that coaching staff to get a, a sneak peek into what Jordan Love could do, um, you know, outside of him getting opportunities in the regular season, which I, I don't know when for when those will come and you can't guarantee him. This was going to be their chance to see how he's developing and he's already out and he left a game early and he's missing another one and you've only got one more to, to work with afterwards I, I think if you're the coaching staff in the front office you got to be extremely frustrated you're missing a chance to uh, grade him critique him yeah but he's also missing a chance to grow as a player to get game experience and grow so yeah this is a disaster a disaster now in denver there's more cause for optimism. It looks like with Teddy Two Gloves, as they say, uh, that the starter in Denver is becoming more clear at quarterback. Yeah, it was uh, Vic Fangio who said they have not. They're pretty close to naming a starting quarterback there in Denver, uh, but they're not ready to do it officially yet. But I know that uh, Drew Locke, amongst many of the uh, people that would have seen the Broncos watch the first preseason game, feel like Drew Drew Locke is uh, no doubt the favorite to win that starting quarterback job for the Denver Broncos. And McKenzie, we've seen an odds move uh, uh, earlier this week and then another one today. Yes, it was minus 130 last week. After a great game by Locke, it went to minus 150. Now it's minus 175, about a 65% chance, according to the odds that Locke will be the starter week one. So this is about being the starter in week one, first snap, starter. Okay, here's the thing about Drew Locke. He might be the most interesting man, no, no, quarterback in the NFL in the following way. He's the only guy that has... So many big-time throws, and this is a PFF concept of they have a certain level of throw that's like, this is not normal. This is not what an average quarterback can do. And throughout last season, 
Drew Locke was, I think, seventh or eighth. I'm going by memory here on big time throws, but he was in the top quartile, top quarter, if not top ten of the league. You know, even more than you know, top five in the league kind of thing. McKenzie, maybe pull that up. His uh, big throw count relative to the other players, and but at the same time, he makes as many mistakes as anyone in the league. So Teddy Bridgewater is the exact opposite. He doesn't hardly have any big-time throws, but he doesn't make any mistakes. He checks them down. Five years ago, the check-down guys kind of were in favor. The theory was if you don't turn it over, you know, you can win. Nowadays, you look at the Rams, they're trained for the guy that can make the big throw. And you look at Jimmy G, oh, he doesn't have a big enough arm. He doesn't have that, that it factor of making that monster throw. Drew Locke is one of the you know, handful. Did you get the number on the big-time throws? Yes, he was 12th last year in big-time throws. He was 12, but not per snap. Or, or th- no, total, total big-time throws. Yeah, he right, played actually. half the year. So, I mean, if you look at it per snap, he was right up there. And, and But thank you for the number. Um, and I should have made that distinction. Um, if somehow he can pull Josh Allen, and this is what's fascinating. People don't realize how bad Josh Allen's stats were. If you just looked at it analytically before last season, it wasn't – it was in the range of Locke. Let, let's look at QBR. Locke last year uh, and Allen the year before, McKenzie, is, you know – they, uh, if he can pull a Josh Allen, which is an unusual thing, it's a real long shot, what Josh Allen did to become an elite quarterback. But Locke would be an elite quarterback. He has the big-time throws to be an elite quarterback. He just makes massive number of mistakes. So if you're Denver, you know what Teddy Bridgewater's ceiling is. You know that. But if somehow, some way, Locke gets some switches flipped – You'd have a top 10 quarterback. So to me, it seems almost certain that Locke's the right, I guess, uh, calculated risk. Jonas, what do you think? Yeah, I I just think that he's also going to have a pretty short leash because Vic Fangio is a defensive-minded head coach. I think he puts a real premium on turnovers. You've talked about it, just how how important turnovers are to determining the outcome of an NFL game. Uh, I think Vic Fangio, if Drew Locke starts to make some of those mistakes, he understands that he's probably on the hot seat as well, too. He's got a really, really good defense there. I I think he'll opt to go to Teddy Bridgewater uh, early if Drew Locke continues to make some of those poor throws. Is that a Fangio decision? I think so, but I mean, I I don't know who's married because I know they brought in a new GM. He's not married to Drew Locke. I I, I mean, he traded for Teddy Bridgewater, so maybe he's more married to Teddy Bridgewater, but I I don't think anybody within that organization is totally tied to Drew Locke at this point. Remember, Carolina sent three fruit baskets along with Teddy Bridgewater, (laughs) paid 80% of his salary. I mean, it was a giveaway. Uh, AJ, last word on this. Yeah, I I think most of these quarterback battles, San Francisco, Denver, New Orleans, Chicago, they they all have that similar feel of one big play upside guy versus the guy who's the safer option. And I I agree with you. The league is moving more towards the guy who, yeah, he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to turn the ball over. But we want that upside more than we want a safe game manager type. We're going to compare Josh Allen 
in the year before he turned good to Drew Locke last year. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Is it possible for Drew Locke to become elite? Well, Josh Allen did. Let's compare. So, Josh Allen, year before last, QBR. 24th in the league, RJ. 24th in the league, okay. And Drew Locke last year. He was 29th. He was actually, the actual raw number was within a half point of what Allen was in 2019. Maybe we should have went with the raw number. (laughs) 48.8 for Locke, 49.2 for Allen the year before. So almost identical. Right. So here's the question. Mr. Daniel Jones, what was he last year? Daniel Jones was 18th, 55.7. So Daniel Jones... Based upon the year prior to his third year, also called the second year, Daniel Jones was much, much, much better than Josh Allen. So you think the idea of like Daniel Jones becoming a superstar quarterback is like, no way. Much better chance if you say, well, how big of a jump would it be? And the fact that the Drew Locke jump would be almost identical, it goes to show you how shocking the Josh Allen jump was, but also how it makes sense to give Drew Locke the chance. Okay, final break. We're going to talk about tonight's game, and that's going to be an extended handicap with a pick. I'm going to give at least a pizza bet on tonight's Eagles-Pats game. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. R.J. Bell, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., we have week two of the NFL preseason kicking off less than an hour from now. It's the Patriots at the Eagles, 7.30 Eastern time on NFL Network. And we've had a major line move in this game. At the start of the show, it was a pick at Philadelphia. And right now it has moved to the Eagles minus one and a half on pregame.com. Okay, now that's fascinating because earlier today – the Patriots were like two, two and a half point favorites. So what was the high point, McKenzie, on the Pats favored? Right at open, they were two and a half point favorites. And then when did the steam start coming in today? It's been a slow, steady trickle. It went from uh, minus one for the Patriots to pick them early in the morning by 8 a.m. out here in the West. And like Jonas said over the last hour, it's moved quickly from pick them to minus one and a half. Yeah, so anything moving, flipping favorites is not a trickle. But, yeah, let's say it's been steady, steady steam throughout the day. This is – I don't understand what's driving this. I mean, the, I'm, listen, this is back to speculation like we were doing with the Lakers and the Suns. This feels like Cam or Mac Jones isn't going to play. This feel I don't understand what else it could be. Like, syndicates don't take this big of a position and, and move a line this much. 
Jonas, have you seen anything in the news? We were searching Twitter. We can't. We don't see anything. I I, I have not seen anything. Um, I, I I've seen only thing I've seen is that they're both expected to play tonight. Yeah. Uh, but if this was a case to where Cam Newton's not playing tonight, wouldn't that make the case stronger that he's going to be the starter week one? Well, maybe, though the odds right now are 75% for Cam to, to be the starter week one. So it's minus 350 for Cam, plus 250 on Mac Jones. So 75%. Uh, even, even if even if they say Cam is out or they say Mac Jones is out, as long as the other one is not no, out. No, they won't play. They won't play the other one any longer than they would have anyway. And what they'll do, maybe they would Mac Jones if Cam is out a little bit. And they let Hoyer take the rest of the snaps. But even Brian Hoyer is probably one of the better third-string quarterbacks in the league. It just seems like an odd move to be four-point. I I don't understand it. Hold on a second. You're saying that Hoyer versus Cam Newton are comparable. The question isn't who's the best third-string quarterback. The question is if the assumption was it was going to be Cam, Mac Jones, and Hoyer. And then somehow, some way, we're speculating because we don't know, it's going to be one of those two and Hoyer. That hurts the quarterback play for the Patriots, right? Yes. All right. So I don't know. I don't. I'm not saying it's any of those things. I'm, I just don't know what else could be this big. It now may, there, it could be. Oh. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it could be uh, Devonta Smith is expected to play tonight. I don't know that he would move a line no, like that God, being a no, rookie. No but that's the only thing I can think of as far as an impact player being a part of the game that would change things like. I this. mean. There's not that many wide receivers, even in the regular season, where they're going to play the whole game. And if anything, it's a half a point. There's something – I tell you this. If there isn't anything with the quarterback, this will be one of the strangest moves I've seen. And, man, oh, man, I would feel pretty good if Philly's going to win because (laughs) this feels like there's a surprise coming. Now, there is a trend. If you are 0-1 in the preseason and you're playing a team that won their last preseason game, so Philadelphia falls into this category. 62% winners going back uh, almost 170 games. So 104, 65, and 3. Fez had that. There's a fellow named Dr. Bob that was one of the originators of that trend. And it's one that the betters take seriously. We'll talk about it tomorrow, but the other be- uh, teams that fall into that category, Minnesota, Seattle, Green Bay. That's right, AJ, Green Bay. Giants <laughs> and the 49ers. So we'll look at those games tomorrow. AJ made a good point. Veteran backups, especially a third stringer, is very valuable in the preseason. Something to consider, AJ, as you're batting. Yeah, I, I feel like if you if you go through that whole depth chart and Brian Hoyer's a guy who started NFL games, if you if your third string guy has starting experience in the league, that's a huge advantage over a guy who's an undrafted free agent just trying to make the team. And it's not just quality of play, it's being familiar with the offense. Is if you're good enough to last in the league and you're familiar with the offense, you're gonna be a lot better than a guy that might not be as talented that doesn't know the offense. Jonas, any gut feeling on this game? I, I just wonder, we talked about some of the reports out of Philadelphia or out of this, you know, their, their joint practices this week in which people were raving about Jalen Hurts that he was the best quarterback on the field. And I, and I don't know what to read into those because there were some people that were a little bit, you know, not blown away by his week one performance in the preseason. I just wonder, could this be some of the hype from the reports during the week that people look like, you know, New England's right for the pickings and Jalen Hurts is going to have a good game? If that were the driver, then I think the line would have been moving from those reports onward. Yeah. Yeah. So you never know. I will say this. I promised the pizza bet. 
I usually don't follow behind the steam, but this is so curious, it feels correct to me. So a pizza bet only on the Eagles. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas, and we are going to give you a look and a deep dive into this game coming up later on between the Patriots and the Eagles. We are back tomorrow here on a Friday edition with a full look ahead to the NFL preseason and all the games during the course of the weekend. Part two for some of those rookie debuts from around the league, and they're all yours tomorrow right here on SOV, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show every single weekday on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas!